get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service text line. Guys, I didn't come up with the list of pitchers that are available at the deadline. Yeah, you did. That was MLB trade rumors. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at baseball teams for not having good pitchers. <laughs> it's not my fault that there aren't good pitchers available. It'll happen sooner or later, right? Like, there's got to be better names. Yeah, his name's Max Scherzer, and we'll see oh, July 31st baby. if he's available. Unfortunately, right now, he is not. And so the list of guys that you could acquire is not particularly intriguing. We're going to ask our friend Keith Costas, though, MLB of MLB Network, about that list. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line right now. Keith, we appreciate the time today, man. Hopefully, you can help us improve the Cardinals roster. I don't know. I think you guys just stole all my thunder. Don't blame me for <clears throat> there not being good pitchers in the league was basically my entire take for this interview. So I, I've got nothing left in the tank. Okay, so is, is that pretty much where we're at? Like, we, we went through the list. MLB <laughs> trade rumors put out the, the top 40 possibilities of who could be traded at the deadline. I mean, it's guys like John Gray and Matt Boyd and Tyler Anderson, Kyle Gibson. It It's not super inspiring. Is Is that pretty much where we're at? There's just not a whole lot of options out there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you guys mentioned Scherzer, and that's going to be the one that people kick around for the next uh, for the next couple months leading up to the deadline. But yeah, you've kind of got a lot of those mid tier type of pitchers. I mean, one guy that we talked about on MLB Network this morning is Jay Happ up in Minnesota. He had a couple terrible starts against the White Sox, who just crushed left handed pitching. I think they've only lost two or three games against the left handed starter since the beginning of last year. But you take those two starts out, and he's been pretty good. But Again, if we're breaking down Jay Happ's splits against lefties and righties as a potential acquisition six weeks down the road, it's not a very deep pool of pitches we're talking about here. So, yeah, I would agree with you guys that the list is uh, is fairly underwhelming, at least as it stands right now. Keith, how realistic is Max Scherzer for St. Louis Cardinals fans? Because from now until July 31st, that's the only name that's going to keep coming up. And we see it on the text line every day. But I would imagine Washington isn't just going to easily walk away from Max Scherzer. Yeah, it's hard to imagine just given what the what the what the Nationals MO has been over the last decade or so with Mike Rizzo at the helm. It's hard to imagine them being sellers, especially with a guy like Scherzer, who they paid all that money to and given the relationship with the agent, you know, it's been Scott Boris Central in DC for for quite a while. Um but yeah, I mean the Nationals were obviously in similar position to where they're at right now in 2019 and ended up winning the World Series. So there's still plenty of time between now and the deadline. I do think there's going to be a lot of pressure to move him just because, like we talked about, he's going to be the big fish in a not particularly deep pool. So it's going to be 
pretty tough for them to look at their future and not at least consider what they might be able to fetch for a guy like Max Scherzer. But even though it seems to make sense on paper, I think that a lot of people just kind of have the feeling that, man, it's hard to imagine Mike Rizzo moving a piece like that from Washington. Keith, and I know it's hard to look into the past and say, oh, well, you missed out on opportunity because you really didn't know what was going to happen, especially all these injuries for the Cardinals. But from the amount of guys that were moved around this offseason, when you talk about Blake Snell and you Darvish and Trevor Williams and a couple of other names, do you think the Cardinals missed out on jumping in on one of those names to help their rotation this year? Yeah, I mean, I guess in hindsight they did, but I think the thing that we have to remember is that there was so much unknown coming into the season, and really still is so much unknown as we get into the meat of the schedule with about 60 games under our belt at this point. There was so much just kind of uncertainty about how guys were going to bounce back from the shortened season, how creative teams were going to have to be with their pitching, how much injuries were going to come into play. So I can understand that some teams, including the Cardinals, might have taken a more kind of wait-and-see approach and didn't think this was the year to necessarily go all in on, on a, or not all in, but made, you know make moves around the edges with their pitching and just kind of go forward with what they had. They obviously have plenty of arms, even if they're some young and unproven guys. So I can understand where they were coming from, which you know I think the big question for them now is when do we see some of that depth and that prospect depth? When do we get to see Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertor? And maybe that was their thinking going into the season, knowing that they had a couple of those guys in their back pocket that are really high-end talented pitchers that could be factors in the second half. So that remains to be seen, obviously, but I have to think that that at least played a factor into their thinking in the offseason. Keith, if the Cardinals, we're talking to Keith Costas of MLB Network here on 101 ESPN. Give him a follow on Twitter at his name, Keith Costas. If we're kind of operating under the assumption that at best, it's unlikely that Washington's going to end up trading Max Scherzer at the deadline, does that make it more likely that the Cardinals should make a deal sooner rather than later to upgrade what their back end of the rotation looks like right now without Flaherty and Michaelis? Yeah, I mean, and we don't even talk about Dakota Hudson. I know yeah, that's old point. news at this point, but basically missing three-fifths of the rotation as it was as it was set up going into last season. So, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how some of these guys respond as they get, uh, as they get chances. I mean, obviously we've seen plenty of Oviedo, but maybe he can find his footing with sort of a more consistent role, assuming that he's a guy they, they go to on a fairly regular basis while Flaherty's sidelined. So, yeah, I mean, in theory, it would be nice to see if they could go out and make a move. But like we talked about, I'm just not sure what's there and how much teams are going to be motivated to move before the deadline in terms of the guys that are going to be sellers. Keith, you, the Cardinals started this 10-game road trip, and you looked at it thinking that they were the top team in the NL Central, and they were. And then the Chicago Cubs decide to light it on fire and just start blowing away the competition. Where are you at right now in terms of the NL Central where the Cardinals stand? Well, I think when we talk about the Cardinals, obviously one of the big talking points has been the bullpen and how the walk rate and just the workload for their big three. I think Reyes, Gallegos, and uh, and Cabrera have thrown about 45% of the innings at this point. And unsustainable has been a word that you hear constantly when the Cardinals pitching is talked about. And as good as the Cubs have been recently, this is just simply unsustainable. I mean, their bullpen is on a crazy, crazy run right now. I think they've given up two earned runs in their last 60 innings or so. So as good as they've been, I mean, the Cubs are not going to be able to keep this up. It wasn't that long ago that the Cubs bullpen was basically talked about the same way as the Cardinals. They had the highest walk rate in the majors from their relievers through the first month or so of the season. And they've obviously turned things around here. So they're on a hot streak right now, but I don't necessarily think the Cubs are going to run away with this division. And then Milwaukee, I mean, I thought coming into the season, Milwaukee and the Cardinals were pretty similar, but that was contingent on Christian Yelich being Christian Yelich and Keston Hira getting back to being the guy that he was as a rookie. And that just hasn't happened. 
I mean, Yelich is barely above league average as a hitter this year. Obviously, he's been nicked up with some injuries, and back injuries are always concerning in any sport, but certainly for a hitter in baseball. But you hear uh, Craig Council the other day talk about Keston Hira, and he just flat out said he hasn't had a good day since he's been back. That's, that is not what you want to hear for the guys in the middle of that lineup. So I guess what I'm getting at is that while the Cubs are hot right now and the Cardinals are obviously reeling, I don't necessarily think there's any team in this division that has the horses to really run away with it, and that includes the Cubs. So Cardinals certainly have a lot of problems on their hands right now, and it's kind of tough to, to be optimistic given what's going on the last four or five days. But I also think that playing in the Central gives them a little bit of breathing room. It's certainly not the NL West. Keith Costas of MLB Network joining us here on 101 ESPN. Keith, when you look at the NL Central, I'm curious, as a little bit of a follow-up question to that. Do you view this as a, a one playoff spot division i mean i guess you could say the same of the nl east potentially are we going to get san francisco san diego and la out of the west and then the other two divisions are just going to get the divisional winner in yeah i mean i think you have to you have to work under that assumption right now i mean conventional wisdom if you told somebody coming into the season that the three best records in the national league were going to be from the nl west early in the season i think people would assume oh well san francisco is going to fade but it's hard to count them out when at this point in the season they've got the best record in the game. So, yeah, I don't think that any of those teams are going anywhere anytime soon. Obviously, the Dodgers and the Padres are the favorites coming into the year, and I think they'll be there at the end. But the Giants, I think the Giants have a real claim. You know, record says they're the best team in the National League, but all things being equal, I think they have a legitimate claim to being the third best team in the National League right now. So I would agree with you that that is probably the most likely scenario as it stands today that we get three teams out of the West. Keith, what do you think happens with the Chicago Cubs, though? And, I mean, they seem to be the most intriguing one going into this trade deadline, of course, with the uncertainty of Baez and Rizzo and Chris Bryant, but also three guys who continue to just create offense for the Chicago Cubs, which puts them in first place. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable what's happened with Brian. I mean, we talked earlier about kind of that assumption with Yelich and Hira. The Brewers could get those guys going in the middle of the lineup, what they could do. But I don't think anybody talked about Chris Bryan as even a possibility to be doing anything close to what he's done, which is kind of crazy because Chris Bryan at his peak was every bit as good as Christian Yelich at his peak. You know, maybe Yelich had a little bit louder numbers, but Bryant was a guy who was a top 10 player for three, four years in the beginning of his career, and people just wrote him off after what's happened to him over the last 18 months or so. So it is interesting. The Cubs are in kind of a tough spot. On the one hand, they're leading the division. They're hot as a firecracker right now. Bryant's having an MVP caliber season. On the other hand, you know, most people thought he was going to be moved this season, so they're sort of in a, between a rock and a hard place here. On the one hand, they can get extreme value for Chris Bryant, but can you really think about making moves if you've got a chance to win the division, which I didn't think any, I don't think anyone thought was a possibility coming into the year. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to bring all of these guys back and basically just run back this same core that they've had for five or six years for the next five or six years. A, I don't think it's financially feasible, and B, I don't think it would be a good baseball move to just bank on that many players going into the second half of their career. But, yeah, the next six weeks are going to have a gigantic effect on sort of the next 10-year trajectory of the Cubs based on what they do or don't do with Bryant. And I think that's probably one of the biggest storylines to follow for the league at large over the next couple months. Final question that I've got for you, Keith. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about Tyler O'Neill and the stretch that he's on right now. He's batting 400 since returning from the IL. He has seven extra base hits in those seven games, including four home runs. 
you have more of the national perspective on this, so I always appreciate hearing from you guys. What have you made of Tyler O'Neill this season and what appears to be his breakout season? Yeah, it's funny. I think last time I talked with you guys, we spent the majority of the interview basically coming up with Tyler O'Neill replacements. We were talking all about who can get in the outfield, who can hit in the middle of this lineup, and now here's Tyler O'Neill putting all the tools together. But, yeah, as far as the the national perspective, obviously I've been aware of Tyler O'Neill for a long time as a Cardinal fan, but it's funny you frame it that way because the last two days I've had extended conversations with some of my colleagues at MLB Network who are kind of like, you know, who is this guy? I mean, obviously they know the name Tyler O'Neill. He's been around for a couple of years now, but I think people are just now waking up to the kind of talent that he has. Who knows how long he'll be able to sustain it. I mean, obviously he's been susceptible to, to strikeouts in the past and a lot of swing and miss, which can lead to some prolonged slumps as we all know. But yeah, I mean, Tyler O'Neill looks like the guy that they always hoped he would be, you know, and it's funny. We spent, how much time have we spent talking about these dynamic players that, the Cardinals have given in the given away in the outfield, whether it be Rosarena or this year Adolis Garcia. Well, Tyler O'Neill is basically the Cardinals' version of those guys. Just a super athlete that crushes the ball, can run around in the outfield, one of the fastest players in the league. So I'm all in on Tyler O'Neill. How long can he keep it up? I'm not sure, but it looks pretty good right now for sure. He's been fun to watch, that's for sure. Appreciate the time as always, Keith. All the best to you, and we'll talk with you again soon, my man. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, you Keith. got it. That's Keith Costas of MLB Network. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Keith Costas, on Twitter as well. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.